0: Get Your Life Back, where we're talking about just simple, everyday practices that are really designed to help us walk in peace. Anybody find it difficult to walk in peace over the last two years? I don't know why. It's just different. It was just like a different last two years, and it might have been a little bit difficult for some people to walk in peace. I know a lot of people who have really, really struggled with that. Over the last two years, people who have just just taken on incredible amounts of anxiety, incredible uh, amounts of fear, it has been very difficult for some people over the last two years to walk in peace. And uh, the world has been, I don't to say the least volatile, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever watched like a volatile stock? You know what I'm talking about. People are like, "Hey, I got a good investment for you, but it's pretty volatile, right?" And it's eh, 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 and it's up and down and up and down. It's volatile. It's crazy. And so the last uh, couple of years has been sort of volatile. It's been a- clamorous. That's a good word, right? Clamorous. When my uh, when my oldest son was young, he was kind of clamorous, and uh, he was sort of like you know always grabbing your attention. No, one th- hes not here to talk about. So it's funny—we were we were um, looking at some old home movies, and we noticed that whenever the camera was on any of the other children, that particular child was like, "Hey, and me too!" You know, uh, he was kind of clamorous—you know, always sort of clamoring for our attention—and <laughs> that was a good impersonation, uh, wasn't it, Wendy? Where's Wendy? She's like, yeah, that was a good impersonation, yeah. Me too, Hey. Yeah, we actually made a music video of our two oldest at one point, and they did a Skillet song, which uh, if you ever, it it might even still, I won't show it, Cole, I won't show it. It might even still be on my YouTube channel though, so you can watch it there. And they did a Skillet song, and so uh, there's a couple of times where, so we had Cole playing the drums, and it was so cute, little drums, yeah, little Cole, I love it. And then we had Forrest playing guitar, which I, he couldn't even hold it right. You know, he was like swinging it, you know, whatever. And sometimes the camera would be on the drummer. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the guitar player would jump right there in the middle. You know? And so check that out. You'll probably laugh your heads off, and Forrest will never forgive me for bringing it up. Um, but it was uh, very good. But it's clamorous. You know, the world is clamoring for our attention. The world is trying to jump in front of us and get our attention constantly, constantly. We live in, some people call it an attention economy, right? Where it's our attention that brings dollars to whatever's online, whatever TV program, whoever has our eyeballs, right? And so the world is clamoring for our attention, And so this series, what we want to do is we just kind of want to talk about just centering, finding some peace. And if you choose to read along, we're actually drawing a lot of this from a book called Get Your Life Back by John Eldredge. And I would encourage you to grab it and read it. It's very, 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 very good. And so, and even if you've kind of been with us for a while, you'll notice that some of the practices that we talk about over the next few weeks might sound a little familiar, like the pause and things like that. But it's important that we are reminded of them, that we're kind of brought back to these practices. And when we look at the life of Jesus even, Jesus' life was full of practices. Jesus' life had a rhythm of grace to it. We like to call, you know, the rhythms of grace, the rhythms of prayer, the rhythms of solitude, the rhythms of just creating space in our lives for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and lead us and bring us peace. And so there is definitely sort of a a madness or a manicness, a mania to the season that we live in or the seasons that we have been living in, it feels like really for the last kind of five, six, ten years, right? And so uh, this sort of mania. And I can't really think of another time in my life where simply being informed of current events could be so stressful, right? Don't we, and we do this, and and I've talked about this before, how it's like we are drawn to, we have to know what's going on in our world because um, there's something in the back of our head that says, if I know, well, knowledge is power and I'll feel more secure. But then we do know, and all we do is feel more insecure, right? So if I know, then I'll feel more empowered. But then when I do know, I feel a greater sense of insecurity, a greater sense of powerlessness. Wow. Yeah, that's a catch-22, right? Isn't it? That's like, I, want, I need to know. But when I know, I feel terrible and I lose sleep at night. And so we turn on the TV or we look at our phone. It's like being hit in the face with a pile of poo, right? It's like being hit in the face with all the stuff we're supposed to be worried about. That's kind of really what it is. You open up social media and it's like people are just all going, worry about this. Have you seen this? Hashtag awareness. Right? We're being made aware of all this stuff that we're supposed to care about and probably you know, should at least say a prayer about. But guess what? Y'all are pretty helpless to do anything about it. You know, uh, a few years ago, there was a friend of mine that was all about immigration. Have you seen this? The president wants to keep all these people out. And then other people were like, the president wants to let these people in. And there's all these people, people, people. We need to let all these immigrants. We've got to take care of all the immigrants. And, And guess what? Yeah, that's biblical, to care for the immigrants. But you ain't helping anybody just by sharing newspaper articles. And so I would say to this person... If you really care, if this is really on your heart, here's what you need to do. You need to go down to World Relief, and you need to volunteer some time to serve some immigrants. Because what you're doing is just creating more panic. What you're doing with all of your awareness is just, give, just feeding the whole rage porn machine, right? But I believe, this is just me, you guys, that you should do, for one, What you wish you could do for everyone, right? Because we all want to change the world. But if you won't just help one, you're not helping anybody. You're just adding to the problem. Okay, and that's an aside. I got way off there, you guys. But you're welcome. Um, Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So we turn on the TV. We're all worried about just adding to the mania, right? Some of our closest friends and family. You know, they're watching the way we respond to all the poo, right? On our closest friends, they, they watch the way that we respond. And if we don't respond to all the poo the way that they would respond to all the poo, they might even stop talking to us, right? If we don't respond, and that's really what it's all about, right? It, what it's all about is this. You're not doing about that what I would do about that, and that makes you wrong. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> we we have this... We have this terrible sense. uh, I heard just a wonderful phrase uh, yesterday. We tend to believe that our preferences are God's preferences. (sighs) You guys, don't pretend like that. Don't pretend that's not you, right? We do. We, We tend to think that our preferences are God's preferences, and if everybody else would just respond to the world the way that we would respond to the world, the world would be a better place, right? And it's all about that. And, and we for some reason, we've lost the ability to have respectful conversations around these things. Right, Dan? Yes, that's right. He, we, we, that's what he says at the beginning of his show, right? You know, these conversations around these things. And you know what? I found that I'm not immune to the effects of the climate that we live in. I'm not immune to it. Um, sometimes I crave distraction from the real world. I do. You guys, and I'll end up not being very productive, or I'll end up not making really healthy choices. Do you want to know what my drug has been over the last two years? This is going to sound funny. Some of you guys will probably understand. Some of you guys think this is really stupid. But my drug over the last two years has been watching movies made in the 80s. Yeah! Yeah! Right? (laughs) Like, something about going back to that time in my life, seeing as I was born in 71, during the 80s I was in high school, and so just going back and spending an hour and a half watching, you know, Patrick Swayze do something, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, even better, and just forgetting all about what's going on and just escaping. So it's been this sort of escapist thing. But sometimes we crave distractions. Some other people uh, make you know, they're distra- They distract themselves with substances. Some people like to like to numb themselves with alcohol, or numb themselves with weed, or just numb themselves. And so we end up not making healthy choices. and sometimes I find myself getting grumpy with other people, impatient with other people, or angry because they're not doing what I would do. right? They don't share my preferences, and I get grumpy and uh, impatient. Or angry and all of this sort of like you know obsession over current events obsession over all the things that we can't control can really leave us feeling tired can really leave us feeling burned out then we were like we wonder why we don't have any energy for important things like relationships anybody here ever like just you know you want to go out with your friends but you're just too tired you want to spend, you want to play, you want to be, get down on the floor and play with your kids, but you're just too tired. You want to spend time in God's Word, but you're tired. We say those things all the time. I probably hear that phrase more than any other. Uh, it's in terms of when I ask people how they're doing, I hear tired probably more than anything else. Just I'm tired, I'm really tired, man. I'm tired. Or overwhelmed, I'm tired, I'm burned out. And you might be experiencing that. I mean, come on, when was the last time that you actually felt like lighthearted? Like, just energetic. Last Sunday night? The 80s, yeah. The 80s was the last time I felt really lighthearted, yeah. Exactly. I went to go see Princess Bride with my friends, and then we had pizza. You know, yes. It was the 80s. I loved it. I loved it. And uh, then I got to go home and check my answering machine, yeah? yeah. Solve my Rubik's Cube. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's one you know, of the 80s tropes I can throw out there. But, you know, when was the last time you just felt lighthearted and carefree? When was the last time you were really excited about the future? When you thought about the future and you got, there's just like this energy rose up inside of you when you thought about the future. I know Brandon's excited. He's getting married in the future and uh, not too distant future. So he probably thinks about the future, gets excited. You know, when was the last time you were excited about the future? When was the last time you just felt really deeply loved, right? Just deeply loved. And so Christianity you know, this walk with Jesus, we, we are supposed to be so radically different than the rest of the world in the climate that we live in. You know, like, we're supposed to be the beacons of hope. We're not supposed to be the ones that are projecting, hey, y'all need to be worried about this. Hey, y'all need to be stressing out about that. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to be, like, hope dealers, you know, dealing with hope. And, uh, and we're invited to this relationship with God. We're invited to union with God. It's more than just sort of this you know, transactional relationship with God where it's like sort of faith and obedience, right? We tend to have this transactional relationship with God. God, I'll behave and you'll bless me. Or God, I'll do what's right. God, I'll, I'll say the sinner's prayer and you'll forgive me. Or we this weird transactional relationship with God. But God calls us to so much more than that. God calls us to unity with him, union with him, Right? And so, because of this, because God calls us to union, because God calls us to this connection with him, the primary goal of the enemy, of the devil, is to keep you from union, right? Is to keep you from connection with him. That is the enemy's primary goal. The enemy doesn't have to come out, like, dressed, you know, with the horns and the pitchfork. He doesn't have to come out and, like, curse you with, you know, sickness and warts, right? All he has to do is keep you distracted. All he has to do is just keep your attention away from the Lord. That's all he has to do. It's so simple. And he'll use all the stuff around us. He'll use suffering that you go through. He'll use disappointment. He'll introduce a sort of like mistrust between you and God. He'll cause this division between you and the Lord if you'll let him, right? And he says things like, see, you're on your own. He's not for you. Remember, Wendy talked about just a few weeks ago that God's holding out on you. God's giving other people good, you know, blessings, but not you, right? And so, uh, a lot of times, the enemy's weapon is fatigue and, like I said, distraction. And so, we have this—we have this with this technology, which back in the '80s, if you had a big old phone in a bag, you, you were probably rich. You were probably like special businessman or something, right? Like, I remember my friend had a cell phone, and it was this big, and it had an antenna this big, and it was like a big beige chunk of plastic, and I thought, that is awesome. Like, I mean, we're talking about, guess where I'm calling from? You know, kind of awesome, you know. But now we have this technology. We have literally computers in our pockets that are more powerful than the first computer that we bought back when Forrest was born. It was a Pentium 75 megahertz. That's right, 70, I didn't say gigahertz folks, I said megahertz, with 4 megahertz of RAM, yeah baby, 250 megahertz hard drive, yeah, right? Microsoft Encarta Encyclopedia bundled in. And so we had that. We have this, this technology now. It's supposed to help. It's supposed to make more room in our lives for things that we enjoy, but it has done just the opposite in a lot of cases, right? And it, what it does is it exposes us to traumatic events over and over and over and over and over. I will never forget on 9-11, Scared the pants out of me. I was living about an hour away from New York City, hour and a half away from New York City, 9-11. You could not turn on the television set day or night, any channel, without seeing repeated footage over and over and over again of the airplane hitting the World Trade Center. Over and over and over and over, and over again. I mean, it's just it's this this bombardment of, of trauma. And a lot of times its traumatic effects or being exposed to constant trauma can traumatize us and can traumatize you. Why do you think that every, I mean, for a year, every uh, hero image, every image of of every news article for a year was a picture of a freaking virus, right? This virus in the background is all orange and scary and dark and all these things just and the death toll death toll that's all we heard about for a year death toll right that's traumatizing and it's unfortunate that we live in a world where you've probably maybe you've heard this expression before but in our news if it bleeds it leads right in other words if it's traumatizing if it's emotional if it's going to grab you if it's horrific we're going to smack you over the head with it every chance we get because we know that it's going to keep you glued. And you guys, it, it's been traumatizing. It is traumatizing. There was a time uh, two years ago where you know, we just thought that if we you know, didn't sanitize our groceries when we brought them home, we were going to die, right? I mean, come on. People, I, I knew people, they get their news, and they would put their news, and they would spray their news down or not their news, their mail. They'd spray their mail down, or they'd leave their mail out, you know, outside in the sun for a couple hours before they brought it in. Like, trauma, trauma, right? We spend three hours a day using the apps on our phones, whether they're social media or news or whatever. The average American checks their phone 80 times a day. 80 times a day, wow. And everybody's going, not me, not me, I've been with you guys, right? And I can't even say not me. I know I do. Right? I want to know. I want to know what my crypto is doing. Blockchain, right? I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. We want to stay informed. <coughs> we check our phones 80 times a day. Traumatic events are being served up in our feed, and we don't always recognize really what it's doing to us, what it's doing to us. And the truth is you're probably finding yourself because of this trauma, because of this constant bad news, we find ourselves, our brains kick into what's called sympathetic. Our, it kicks on our sympathetic nervous system, right? It's fight or flight mode. It's fight or flight. We're in fight or flight at all times. And it's no wonder that we get agitated. No wonder we can't sleep at night. We're in fight or flight or freeze, right? And, so, and, and the more we consume those things, those, those events... Uh, the more we're just sort of stuck in fight or flight. And that's why a lot of people gained, like, COVID weight. It wasn't so much that they were, like, all of a sudden eating all sorts of garbage. It's that when you're in fight or flight mode, you don't lose weight. Your body kicks into a survival mode and holds on to your stuff. Well, I better hold on to this fat. I might need it to survive. And so uh, it's, it has all sorts of effects on us. So what can we do, right? What can we do? How do we keep peace in the midst of all this? And so, really quick, I'm going to pray, and we're going to talk about that. Lord, we pray, come and have your way. Lord, we know that amidst all of this, you have the answer. God, not only do you have the answer, you are the answer. And so, Lord, we pray that you would cause your word to come alive in us today. You'd bring transformation, not just the information, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to start off with uh, a sip of water. (laughs) Need that to survive. Wendy loves it when I take a big drink of water and give her a kiss because my mustache is like a sponge and she likes me to just squeeze that sponge out all over her face. So, Uh, amen, guys with beards. Yeah, mustaches, yeah, right. And so we're going to start off. We're going to take a look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty, and this is our theme scripture through this series. Um, I think what what you'll see up there is the New Living Translation, but I'm going to read to you from the message, which is actually a paraphrase. It's not a translation, translation, but just really like the way. <coughs> excuse me, it, it words what Jesus is trying to say here, and it says, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion?" Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound good? Like, even just reading that, it's just kind of like, ugh unforced rhythms of grace so if you remember one thing this morning i want you to remember this and that's that greater union with god allows us to live freely greater union with god allows us to live freely so you know we know that more of god is what we need right we know that more of god is you know at at any given time we can go I, more of God would really help me through this. More of God would really bring me peace. More of God would really give me a sense of security. More of God would really help me to gain greater perspective over my life and over what's going on in the world. More of God, right? But the world makes it difficult to enter into that union with him. Would you agree? Yeah, the world makes it hard. It doesn't make it easy, okay? I think that whoever, invited the, whoever invented the, the cell phone notification... The cell phone notification will have the need for greater grace during judgment. Right? Whoever <laughs> invited, invented the the uh, the what is it called? Bottomless scroll, continuous scroll, infinite scroll. Whoever invented the intim, int, inf, infinite scroll and the notification, right? And so we we may even spend more time praying and more time reading, but it feels like. We're hanging out in the shallows sometimes, like we're just sort of just getting started, like it's not really doing much, right? I feel like we're hanging out in the shallows, we aren't experiencing the depth that depth that we need in Him, and it's not because God hasn't moved. God has not moved through over the last two years. He's not like moved further away. Is what I mean, God has not moved further away from any of us. God never moves further from us. We just, <coughs> excuse me, we just make less room for Him. We just have less room for Him, less room in our thoughts. Let's zoom in our attention. Let's zoom in our water bottles. All right? And so human nature causes us to seek out comfort. That's what our brains want to do. That's what, our, our, that's what we want to do. Okay? Uh, it, it, we, we know when we're feeling unsettled, when we're feeling frazzled, what we want to do, what our first impulse or inclination or reflex is, is to seek comfort, is to soothe ourselves. right? That's why also, over the last two years, alcohol consumption has gone way up. And then you have alcohol consumption going way up, and then as a result of that, you've also had uh, abuse, and marriages have suffered, and things like that have gone way up over the last two years, because people want to soothe, so they drink. And so that, it's a normal thing to want to feel soothed, but when we're frazzled, You have these two things. You have competing for our souls. When you're frazzled, when you feel like you need soothing, these two things vie for our soul. The temptation for for temporary relief, right? Self-soothing. And then there's the true restoration that God offers. And God is over here going, Come to me, all you who are weak and heavy burdened. And then we see this other thing, though. And to be honest with you, sometimes this other thing seems easier, doesn't it? Well, I can make some time, I can get quiet, I can quiet my soul, I can pray, I can be in the Word, or or I can have a drink. And so, because we tend to lean towards what's easiest, that's just the way that we're wired, we tend to just lean towards what's easiest, we end up neglecting our soul and going for the quick fix. But the problem is, is the quick fix usually makes things worse. It usually just, you know... Just, that's why you know the quick fix might be for some people. It might be food, right? That's the quick fix, and over time, you know that, that's great once, right? But over time, when you've gone for the quick fix over and over and over again, doesn't it just make things worse? Yes, it does. It's easy. Nobody answered that, but the answer is yes, right? Answer is yes. Okay, and so we don't want to go for the quick fix. We want to go for true restoration, and so at the very top of our priorities should include things that help us find union with God, that help us bring us closer. They should be things that are doable, things that are sustainable. Okay? And so that's why I'm, t- I'm not telling you, if, if you want to find union with God, you have to spend two hours a day. That's why I'm not, tell- I'm not telling you that. You can find union with God in a very doable, sustainable, everyday way. And like we're talking about, just their practices. They are practices. Does anybody here have like a morning routine? You do pretty much do the same thing every morning. Yeah, and it's like, that's your routine for success. It is for me. Like, I, I, I cherish my morning routine. I notice this, like, uh, when, you, when you go on YouTube and you find guys that are sort of like success gurus and whatever, a lot of them will have videos. My morning routine. Anybody seen those? Yeah, they're like all over the place, right? And so the thing is, is they have found these sort of sustainable practices that they can do every morning. And I think that we can find sustainable practices that help us to create union with God, that help us bring closer to Him, okay? So what are some of these doable, sustainable things? The first thing is create some soul space. Create space. Breathing room, just a little breathing room. Create a little space. I remember when I was in high school, there were these two brothers that, um, that I hung out with. And um, they were both really like high-energy, kind of in-your-face kind of guys. And I remember one day we went out to a fast-food pizza place. You guys remember Rocky Rococo, 80s? You guys remember Rocky Rococo? Yeah, so we were at a Rocky Rococo one day. And I remember these two guys. And they were just like both in my face. <laughs> Have you heard about that? Yeah, what about that? And it was just like in my face, in my face, in my face. And finally, I just went, whoa, guys, give me some space. Give me a little space here. And, uh, and I feel like sometimes like that's the world, you know. Hey, what about this? Did you hear about this? What about buying that? What about checking out that? You heard that news? What about this? What about this political guy? Blah, 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 blah. blah. And you just want to go, give me some space. Give me some space. And it's so important in our lives that we create space some soul space and and we can clear space in our souls when we do that we have room for more of jesus we have room for more of him we need to put ourselves in places where we uh, can receive more of his help more of his presence and you can do this a lot of, how many people are already using the pause app a couple of people just download it people download it that's one notification i say it's okay that you get right and it's just an app that every once in a while, it says, just, just take the next minute. Take the next minute, one minute. It doesn't say take the next half hour, hour. Just take one minute to breathe, right? Take one minute, a couple times a day, and all you're doing for that minute is just releasing it all, right? Taking 60 seconds to breathe, be quiet, and let your soul catch up to you. It's a good feeling, right? Doesn't it even feel good when you just sort of imagine that? Yeah. I just want to imagine one minute where you know I'm just just me and the Lord pausing with God regularly can totally reshape the pace of your day. It can train your soul to find him more often. Okay? So however you choose to do it, just pause a few times a day. Just for a minute. One minute or two minutes, right? You're going to waste that time looking at Facebook or Instagram anyway. So you might as well just take that one 2 minutes to be quiet for a second. I like to just call, I like to close my eyes you know, just And if my phone is right here, sometimes I'll toss it onto that chair or toss it onto the bed or just toss it away, right? It's okay. It's getting a really good case. Uh, Some of you guys were worried about that. I was like, well, I don't know if I could toss it. You can do it with a good case. So, you know, create some soul space a couple times a day, right? Just a minute or so. Ask God for more of him in your life. The next thing is this. This is probably one of my favorites. Go outside. Y'all remember when your parents used to say that? Now, they were saying it because they were tired of your noise. But it's so important that you go outside. It's so important just to be outside. Going outside is good for my insides. That's what I like to say. And going outside is good for your insides, right? Just go out there. Sometimes I'll go. We have this walk. Uh, There's a four-mile walk around the lake by my house. And whenever I get to the place where there's grass, I'll stop, and I'll just take off my shoes and socks, and I'll walk the rest of the grassy way, just in my bare feet. Because something about just, like, touching God's creation and breathing fresh air and feeling the ground beneath my feet is, like, restorative. Just, yeah, God's creation is awesome, and it's wonderful. And I'll take that walk without listening to stuff. I'll take that walk without a podcast, without any music, and just... It's so, so restorative. The average person spends t- 93% of their life indoors. 93% of their life indoors. If you live to be 75, you will have spent 69 and 3 4 years inside. <laughs> that sounds so awful, right? You know, and only 5 and a quarter outside. Our body, our soul, our spirit, the atrophy. Because we are made to inhabit the real world, right? Drawing life from the real world, because the artificial world numbs us. The artificial world numbs us. And so compare how you feel, you know, take, like, if you ever, like, spent a whole afternoon binge-watching something, you know, but then you spent a whole afternoon maybe outside working in the yard or something, and you compare those two afternoons, which one do you feel better afterwards? You know, what? The door's over there, Jackie! Um, Just kidding. (laughs) right not me not me i tend to tend to find uh uh, lots of television watching to be sort of like donuts they taste real good but after like the third one you're like you know that's how i feel with donuts and i feel that way about television it's like it tastes real good but after like an hour or two i'm like okay i don't feel so good and so i need to get outside and go do something and so uh, I know that just even the other, the other day, Wendy and I were looking through some old pictures or videos, and we found a video of when we had all of our camp volunteers over one night and we just had worship. We just worshiped around the bonfire outside, and we were just outside under the stars praising God, and even just watching that video made me want to go do that. Like go, oh, yeah, that was so good for my soul. It was so good to sit by a fire outside and be with people just celebrating Jesus together. And so just go go outside. Go outside, okay? The, you know, don't, don't reach for something to numb you, okay? Let God restore you. Be in an environment where God can restore you. And then the last thing is just unplug. Just unplug. We talk about that a lot here, but unplug. You know, scientists and psychologists warn us of the effects of always being plugged in. It's not healthy. It's not a good thing. And you know, it's not a new thing either. It's not a new phenomenon to always be checking, always being plugged in. You know, for years and years and years and years and years. Back before the internet, you know what we did? We sat by police radio scanners. Does anybody have one of those in their house? Yeah, right. You know, or or we we always read the news. I knew some people read the news every day, cover to cover. And then at 10 o'clock at night, when the news came on, they watched the news. You know, so it's not a new thing. It's not a new phenomenon. You know, we have this desire to always be plugged in. When I got my very first apartment, true story, very first apartment. I'm 20 years old. I'm living in Denver. I get a garden-level apartment, which is just a fancy name for basement. And uh, I get this apartment. It's my first night in the apartment. And you know what I go and do my first night? I went and spent the night at a friend's house because I didn't have any TV. Right? I didn't have a television. I felt lonely. I felt lonely. I, and, and, I, and so the TV was a way for me to feel like I had company, like it was a source of comfort because I just wasn't used to being unplugged. I I wasn't used to it. And so uh, some people fall asleep at night with the TV on because it gives them a sense of comfort to hear people talking or whatever. And uh, so, but we need to learn to unplug, unplug. It's healthy. Constant connection with all the stuff in the Internet. It alters the structure of our brains. And you know what it does? It actually makes it difficult to focus. It makes it hard to focus. I know that. Okay, and so deep thinking requires calm, attentive mind. So does empathy, so does compassion, right? You know, would you agree with me that we have deep problems in our world? That they are complex and big problems? And you know what's funny to me is it seems like amidst all these complex and deep problems, people feel like they can solve them with a meme and a hashtag, right? These are big problems, these are complex. They're not just one one sentence answers, oh, if everybody would just do what I would do, right? Then the whole world's problems. It's funny, sometimes I'll go across the street and I'll talk to Josh over at Lollipalooza and we'll stand outside and we will uh, just solve all the world's problems in our conversation. We'll stand there on the sidewalk, just a couple of guys who don't know anything, you know knowing the answers to all the world problems and when we're done talking we'll go well i think we fixed the world problems and we'll walk away from each other right but we don't we didn't fix anything the problem is is that deep problems require deep thinking and deep thinking is impossible with a distracted mind you cannot solve deep problems with shallow thinking and so you have to train your mind to think deeply and you do that by unplugging by long periods of time without distraction. And so there's a reason why I take retreats. I take two retreats throughout the year or I take five days away and I go away and I'm unplugged. And, uh, and I do that so that I will have just hours long time to think, just think about the church. Think about, uh, you know, whatever book I'm writing or whatever and just think and do it with deep thinking, not shallow thinking where maybe I'm at home and I'm distracted or the TV's on or I'm picking up my phone, okay? And so constant connection to those things makes it difficult to focus. We have to have a calm, attentive mind. And so our connection with God, it hinges on our ability to give God our attention. I'm going to repeat that. I have to say that again because it's important, okay? So if you're taking notes, write it down our connection with God hinges on our ability to give God our attention. And if we don't have the ability to give God our attention, it's going to disrupt our connection with him. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay? So this morning what I want to do is I just want to I want to close by reading from Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 2. 1 and 2. It says this. Therefore, and I want you to hear this through the filter of what I've just been talking about. I want you to hear this. I want you to filter what I've just been talking about through Hebrews chapter 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So we've been talking about some weights that slow us down, correct? Yeah. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on what? The news. Keeping our eyes on CNN. Did I get that wrong? I'm sorry. By keeping our eyes on Fox. Did I get it right that time? Okay, let me try it one more time. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Beside God's throne. So my question for you is: What are the weights? What are the weights for you? Maybe you all are just like Lee. I'm not even on Facebook. I don't know what you're talking about. Then what's your weight? Maybe like I don't even have a TV. I don't even watch. I don't. I don't even watch things. I don't get. Then what's your weight? What's your distraction? Because most of us, maybe even fair enough to say all of us, have one, have that distraction, have that thing. Okay. What are the weights in your life? You know what. What is crowding your soul? What's hindering your union with God? You might just go. You know what? You know what's hindering my union with God? Me. You might be, you might be the healthiest person in here. You spend time outside. You're unplugged. You, you know, you're, you're you're not constantly consumed by distraction. But it might just be you. You know, what is the weight that's hindering your union with God? And. And then what are some steps that you can take to create some soul space? And I want you to write it down on the back of your bulletin. You know, what are some steps? Maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? Somebody, please tell me how to turn off my phone notifications. That would be awesome. Just turn them off so that they're not constantly vying for my attention. Okay? You know, maybe you just need to write down, I need to spend some more time unplugged. I need to spend some more time outside. Or I just need to pause regularly with God. Whatever it is, I want you to write it down. And then just commit to it this week. Just commit to it this week. Anybody could do something for a week, right? I think so. I think that's fair. Just commit to it this week. And so if the worship team wants to come back, let me pray for you guys. I want to pray for you guys. But I also want to encourage you. There, We have a prayer team. Uh, you may have heard about them. They are amazing people who... Uh, Who create soul space in their lives, who who foster union with the Lord, and they would love to pray for you today. And so if you need prayer for anything, uh and they will pray for you, right? So why don't you all stand up? Let me pray. god we love you and we praise you and lord i just want to thank you first of all that you are always pursuing us you are always there you're always ready you're always there there's never a time when you are distracted and and neglecting us you never move you never change you're always pursuing us you always love us god um but, Lord, we're just sometimes like... Uh, it's, 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 sometimes it's like we're, we're a bunch of ants running around an anthill. We let me notice you until you come along and mess up our hill. Lord, I pray that you would give us the grace to create that space in our lives for you. God, that our hearts desire, that our desire more than anything else would be for union with you. Union with you. God, come. Come into our spaces. Come, Lord, into our families. Come into our attention, our thoughts. Come, Lord, come 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 Lord we invite you come come Lord into our moments come into our fears come into our doubts come into our problems come Lord come into every area come into our relationships come into our dreams come Lord come come God come Oh Lord God be our obsession We are everything, God. Lord, we praise you.